0: Yes, you are now listening to the sounds. Of Sports reports is ordered two five, not venticinco. That just means twenty five. <laughs> Mister Logical, what's happening?
1: What's going on? Chilling out here on a Thursday, watching the Yankee game on the iPad. It's not a good look right now, but we'll see. We'll see what Yo. happens
0: why the nba be making me mad like i'm sitting here tonight like why are both of the playing games on friday why is there not one tonight and one tomorrow since they that's what them? i was
1: thinking i was like why isn't it bro and then the nba has all kinds of things they try to figure out on the fly all the time shout out to adam silver though
0: yeah so tonight we're gonna talk a little bit of nba Because I want to know if there's anything that we can do to stop tanking. Because as I told you the other day, Mark Cuban, you are a disgusting individual. Portland Trail Blazers, you are a disgusting franchise. So we're going to try to figure out a way around tanking. And then we want to know, how important is bulletin board material? If I got to give you a quote in the playoffs to get you to play your best, get off my team. But then again, my team don't be making the playoffs. So, you know, it is what it is.
1: It's then, a team with the playoffs.
0: <laughs> then we're going to talk about some draft day trades. What players might be on the move in the upcoming NFL draft a couple of weeks away. I'm excited. And then where is the race? You know what? Here is the race. How much does race play a role in how we're viewing the MVP this year? I wanna know. And of course, get it off my chest. So rap! Is there anything we can do to get these disgusting people to stop wasting our time and our money and play some basketball?
1: Hey, I got an idea, but I don't know if people gonna like it. I look at it like this. You have – if you look at college football as an example, the teams that are up top stay up top because they go out and get the best players. I think the NBA, they played too many games to incentivize, incentivize uh, teams to just lose and potentially get the number one pick. I think you got to win. I think you got to win. I think the top teams, I think the top 14 teams go into the lottery. And the strong get stronger the rich get richer. And until you figure out how to properly run a basketball team, you don't get some of these top players and get to ruin their career. And they just slide off into oblivion. You got to keep my, you got to guys, number one pick, number one pick, number two pick, number three pick. That's, that's commercialized gold that's the equivalent of being finals like super bowl mvp you get the super bowl mvp you get contracts you get commercials you're on you know you're in disneyland you're on ellen you're taking the trophy places if you're the top pick and in hockey you win the stanley cup it's a big deal like you know when you're a top pick you're normally a top prodigy in high school and college you're getting a lot of notoriety and you're probably getting like now with NI Bills, you're getting paid. I don't want to go to a team that consistently drafts in the top five every single year because they fire a coach after 40 games and they hire a, the wrong coach or they overpay somebody to run in that organization that shouldn't be there or they hire an agent of a former NBA star. And they re- like, now we need to stop saving these teams that can't figure it out. And if you can't figure it out, the top 14 teams going to lottery. So, when instead of him playing next year in Detroit or Houston, he's playing in Boston or he's playing in Philly because it seems like the only teams that are on TV are the playoff teams. So, why is it every single year my top players go to oblivion and I don't hear from again, i.e. Zion Williamson. They try to put New Orleans on TV, but when he gets injured, they don't put his team on TV. And if his team was good enough, they would still put him on TV if he couldn't play. Boston's still getting on TV. Philly's still getting on TV. The Clippers still getting on TV. Golden State's still getting on TV. So until Detroit, Orlando's, Houston, San Antonio's, all these teams, Portland, all these other teams, you can figure out how to run your franchise. I'm not going to keep giving you diamonds and you just keep losing them and I'm going to give you another bag of diamonds. You keep losing them now. Nah. You at the bottom, you're gonna stay at the bottom until you figure it out.
0: Yeah, you know what's funny is you know, you felt the need to pick on the pelicans
1: right there, but it was funny Absolutely. because because they're the and first they get it, game, they get, and on top of that, like I mean, hold on, my bad. This this is like I'm I'm gonna have a lot of rants about poorly run organizations because I'm a logical thinker. I figure if you make a move and I I understand the sport, then I should understand why you made that move. Like people, like when I play chess, I'm not good at it. So when I make a move, people stand around the table. If they watch me play, they're like, I understand chess. I don't know why you did that because what you did didn't make any sense because I know how to play chess. I would have made this move. So I'm looking at it. Okay. Why are you giving a guy nearly $200 million when he hasn't given you 200 games? (laughs) You're literally they've literally paid him something like two million dollars a game that he's played. but like that's his guaranteed contract right now. And you're telling me they should get if they were in the lottery, they should get another player? No. You're ruining it. You're ruining this opportunity. So I'm not gonna let you have this guy come from France to Houston and you just now he's in oblivion because you can't put him on TV. You can't sell him. Like, I'm not like I'm not watching Houston versus San Antonio just because. Victor went by Yama, went to one team, and Scoot Henderson went to the other one. It's like your team is is awful, and you're deliberately being awful. You started out in October. We knew you were tanking for this guy. I just – I don't get it. When NFL teams do it, it's the same way. You don't get put on TV. The NFL, like, listen, if you can't sell out your home games, we're not going to put you on local TV. So all you local fans, if y'all want this game to be on TV, yell at anybody's tickets and fill the stadium. But in the NBA, you could be garbage and they'll still put they'll still give you the best player in the upcoming draft. No way.
0: Mr. Logical. Ooh, you know. So, you know, uh, I was gonna say it's funny because New Orleans is the first team in NBA history that was a one seed in December to not make the playoffs. You know, so that I just thought that was kind of funny, you know. Uh, But, yeah, so I got a couple of different ideas. I liked your idea. I had something similar. So my very first note says, randomize the lottery. People only care about the big markets anyway. So you got to give the people what they want. The idea that I have is straight up, straight up capital punishment. You know what I'm saying? Because these teams like Portland, Dallas, forgive me, Utah, you are disgusting individuals, you know, because Portland Portland was about two games out of the play-in with about, you know, 12 games left. And then they said, you know what, Dame, why don't you have a seat? And then his punk ass, you know, like he's he's Mr. I'm loyal, I love ball, I want to play, and you you gave me the quote about that. Like, I don't even know if I want to play if there ain't nothing to play for. You two games out, make the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Utah was right there with Oklahoma City, you know, going into the last eight to 10 games of the season. And then they were like, nah, we don't want to do this no more. You know, Dallas, need I say more? And Jason Kidd himself basically dry snitched and was like, yo, this decision is beyond me. You know, Luka came out and was like, as long as we have a chance. I want to play. All OKC needed to do was lose once. Like in Dallas would have could have got back in the driver's seat. And you don't know. I'm not saying that it would have happened, but you don't know. It's a little different pressure for a young team like OKC if I can lose and possibly still fall out versus I'm in even if I lose because the other team gave up. You know, so I say in a situation like Dallas's situation, come up off that draft pick. You didn't respect the game enough to play it. I don't respect it enough for you to get a top ten draft pick. So you out of there. You know, another idea, another idea. That's not really
1: tanking though. I don't think that I don't think that I don't think that's the same as well. Well
0: it it is though, because you don't make the playoffs, you get in the lottery. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I
1: think at that point, after after 79 games. You know what you have.
0: No. So, okay, so let's focus I'm on Portland. I'm talking about the
1: 79-day offseason that you decided fo- okay. that then you're not going to even try to win. It's the difference between being like, we are not prepared to make a playoff run right All now. All right, well,
0: let's focus on Portland then for a second. You know, let's, let's take Dallas out of it for a second. Let's focus on Portland for a second. You yeah. know, they got Shaden Sharp, you know, who never played a game at Kentucky, but, you know, he a Wildcat. You know, you got Anthony Simons. You know, so you got these young dudes that may have benefited long term from being in a play in situation or if they would have played their way to the eighth seed or seventh scene or something like that. That might have reaped benefits later that you took away because you were like, hey, we might end up with the number eight draft pick. But, you know, there's like a percent chance that we could get number one, you know, so you gave up the opportunity to get playoff experience for those young players. So another thing that I came up with is, you know, the stipend rule where you can't trade first round picks in back-to-back years. So how about you can't pick in the top three in back-to-back years? You know, like then you de-incentivize the teams, like, trust the process, you know, where you go get an uh, M.B. So what is and that, where does O'Connor that go? You know, Where does that
1: pick it, go? Does it, it either, go to the next team? Like you just get pulled out? And, and his next man up? Like, Basically, Philly, it, for whatever reason, is supposed it, it to it could be,
0: it could be. It could be a pick swap. It could be a pick swap, you know, or it just goes away, you know, and you just it don't get a first the team
1: round. That won your comp, it goes to the team that won your division, you, you know, or just, or... just to make that team even tougher since you couldn't perform.
0: Or the one that I really like is you just put all the teams in a lottery. Like, you just put them all there. Like, so, unfortunately... That means that some years, Golden State gonna get the number one draft pick, but you know, but I don't care about that. What I care about is people wasting their money, people turning on the TV to watch these games, people coming in to watch certain players play, and these dudes aren't there. We could figure out the rest later. I just, I'm not saying. That dude's gotta get out here and play 82 games. I'm not saying that by any means. Just because Michael Jordan did it or John Stockton did it. I'm not saying that at all. But if if you're on the injury report, it's because you're injured. You know, and maybe you sit out an extra game. Maybe you gotta automatically sit out two games. You know, if you're like, because you know, I've seen some things this year where like LeBron and Anthony Davis weren't playing back to backs or you know, like some players might have like uh, hamstring hamstring soreness. But that's well, the thing, hamstr-
1: with the injuries, you can put that down every single week because everybody's feet hurt.
0: Right, and, that's what I'm everybody saying. Everybody
1: needs a break because so a body part hurt. Well, if you're you just say you just put a body part down. Yes. Yeah, so like I, I, I think if the only on thing I, report, I like to take graphic. Real quick, real quick real right, right.
0: if you if, if you're on this injury report then tie a number of games to it. You know, if you're on the injury report, you got to sit out three games. You have to sit like out two the games. Like MLB? Something along those lines. Like a DL, yeah.
1: I, baseball plays 162 games, so I think it's a little easier to put them on, a D, on the disabled list for a few games. And I get it, because like I said, if, if, if it can work in one sport, you can figure out how to, you know, extrapolate and make it work for your sport my thing is just tanking implies implicitly, that you are not going to try to win but yet like i said we could talk about the money we could talk about the competitive spirit but it's just like if you want me to pay top dollar for your level of product you're putting on the floor and i know you're deliberately putting a product out there that's losing you should be able you you should cap the tickets 50 dollars max it's like listen you're not going to charge people more than 50 dollars if you're not trying to win i don't care where your organization gets the rest of the money to pay everything else but if you're not trying to win you you have to section off your arena it's ten dollars for these seats 20 for these i don't care if you got season hold season ticket holders whatever the case you can't charge more than x amount of money because it's like if you're not putting a winning product out there It's like you're basically – you're shaving. you You're basically cheating. Like, if I know you're tanking, i.e. trust the process, I could bet $1,000 a night against Philly to lose because I know they're trying. So if you lose – like, how many games did San Antonio lose this year? 62. Uh, I think Houston lost about 66. If I know – if I'm a gambler – and I'm like, oh, I'm going to put $100 a night on this team to lose. 66 of them nights, I'm going to win. If I know that coming into the season, you don't deserve a top pick. If I San... know that. Yeah, run it down real quick.
0: Yeah, so San Antonio and Houston both lost 60. Detroit lost 65. You know, um, and then uh, next was Charlotte with 55.
1: Yeah. I'm betting a $100 every single night for Detroit to lose, and I would have won over 60 times. <laughs> like, think about that. In an 82-game season, and I know it coming in. So and if that's the case, like, listen, cool. You just simply – you don't get a shot. I don't even – I don't like you say, putting everybody in the lottery. No, because I don't think everybody deserves a shot. Because if a top Kentucky Wildcat program – UConn, uh, San Diego State next year, you know, FAU, these teams performed, they got to the Final Four, Miami, they're going to get first dibs on a lot of players that maybe they thought they couldn't get because your winning success attracted me to your your organization. If you let the draft picks come and do a, a speed dating round of all the NBA executives, and the first thing they said was, how many games you won last year? They're like, oh, we won 16. Next, and like they get getting up. <laughs> But if you're like, oh, Sacramento, you won 47, 48 games. You won your division, third in the West. I think I'm going to join your organization, and we can go better from there. Like, we can start at 47 wins and get the – 55 to 60 wins instead of me coming to a team with 16 wins and I'm 19 years old and you want me to get this team from 16 wins to television viable like listen you only get a few guys who can come out and do this for you it doesn't happen every year so to put the that pressure on these guys every year you see what happened Markel Falls he fell apart Mm -hmm. he literally fell apart Zion Williamson talking about he don't know if he could be Zion like you mean you can't be you you're so, so, so concerned about all this other stuff you can't be used hey, when you Zion want
0: to work. Zion need to get on that Stefan Urkel plan, you know what I'm saying he need to lose some weight and become a whole new dude. He don't need to be Zion, he just needs to be Za, Zy yeah. Williamson, you know what I'm saying? But 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 you but you know, but Tanking is one of those things. Like we were talking before um a couple like uh, one of our earliest episodes, and I had said something about um injuries, and you were saying like Well, you know, it's hard to prove how injured somebody is. Like, so tanking is kind of the same thing where, like, you could look at somebody's record and just say they're tanking. But, you know, some of these teams, even if they're not necessarily tanking to get the number one draft pick, they are in a place where this is my roster. I already know I have a bottom five roster in the league. So, How do you I, get a so, bottom-five so, roster
1: in the league where everybody gets selected from the same players? But, How because, do you get to that point? Because players leave.
0: Pay? Some players no, leave. No, they don't. That's you why know, they have contracts. Some players, some players get traded. That's why they pay
1: players. San Antonio had DeJounte Murray on their team and didn't want to keep him because he was going to help him win games. Philly traded away Michael Carter-Williams because he was upset in the locker room because he had just won Rookie of the Year the Year before, and he was upset that we weren't winning games. You're not losing games because you can't. You can't get players. I give it to you if you are Detroit and you – you, but Detroit, bad contracts. Jeremy Grant, they gave a bad contract, too, had to trade him away and buy him out. Blake Griffin they gave a bad contract, too, had to buy him out. Uh, Kay Cunningham has been injured. They got this kid, Ivy. I mean, he could be up-and-comer. They went got Wiseman from uh, Golden State. But it's like you got to put together your team. You can't be like, oh, I got a bottom five roster, but expect top pay as a GM. That's the thing is, like, everyone gets to leverage everything on the players. It's like, no, the players no, but like, make the contract. No, but
0: like you said, like you always say, only one team can win the championship.
1: So, I say so, win the championship. No, no, I know,
0: but, but I'm saying, but somebody has to be at the bottom. Like, somebody's going to be at the bottom. Somebody has the worst record in the league. No matter what their roster looks like, no matter who the GM is, coaches. Somebody just has to be at the bottom because they play 82 games. So somebody's going to be there. But how But how do I say you're tanking versus your team's not very good?
1: If you get – we know what a talented basketball player looks like. We see SGA. We see DeJounte Murray. You see Jokic. You see Tatum. Imagine let's – think, let's think. Let's think. Let's think. Okay, DeJounte Murray. We'll use him because he's the new example. He just, they traded him to Atlanta when Atlanta didn't need another
0: And it also takes two to make the trade happen. Atlanta didn't have to make the trade.
1: Of course, but they know that you're allowed to tank as a, they know San Antonio's allowed to tank. So they're like, okay, we'll take on your best player, your most skilled offensive player when the game is about points. And then people talk about why San Antonio on the bottom of points. Uh, Houston, they should have, they should have hired a better coach that could have worked when they got rid of like when they got rid of James Harden they signed John Wall had him bought him up they had boogie like you can't keep making these moves and then when your team is a bottom team be like oh I don't have the top players like no you right. had time to make these decisions you decided to take on 44 million dollar contract for a guy you didn't play Oklahoma City when they didn't play Al Horford for half the season because they wanted to trade him same thing they did to John Wall. It's like they're allowing teams to sit a guy, what what New Orleans did with Anthony Davis because he wanted to go to L.A. They literally were playing him 20 minutes a night so they could say, we're playing him, but we don't want to get him hurt because we know we're going to trade him. And and that's that's
0: a team that I would have punished.
1: You know, if if
0: there was a punishment in place, they are a team that would have received that punishment.
1: Yeah. So now I don't want to punish you. I just don't want to reward you. Like everybody wants to like, you know, you want to find them. I don't want to find you. No, I don't don't want to find them. I want the pick. I don't even want to take your pick because if you show you don't know what to do with the pick. I'm going to just give you a pick. (laughs) I'm going to just give you a pick. That's not a blue chip star athlete. I'm right. not going to give you like, cause if, if these guys had a choice, they wouldn't go there. And I get in the NFL, it happens, but the NFL teams rarely go out there and purposely go one in 16, one in 15. Like you just, you just have, you got to have some bad luck because most of the teams aren't like when you have a team, like the tank for two a thing, I don't know why that was a thing. I'm not no, I don't know why they were trying to tank for a five foot 11 quarterback who weighs less than my 14 year old son. But it's just that sport is too physical. Shout out for to Lovey you. Smith. Winning the game got him fired because <laughs> of the, the like so and they're like still I'll number say, two though. Like they <laughs> still got the number two pick. And my point, like I said, in the NFL is not as bad because I think those guys are more gladiator. And I think just through sheer will, a lot of those games are just you just you're just beat. Like you play with the best team you have out there, but if you don't have a top quarterback, it's not like one is available. And in basketball, you can get a top player in any position. But we also, the
0: but we've team. also seen teams win without top quarterbacks in the NFL or win without top defenses in the NFL. Whereas in the NBA, like there's no way to combat that if everybody plays the same.
1: Yeah, but the NBA, you know for a fact. Okay, for instance, the last game, Boston versus. Uh, who they, who they just played. I think it was Miami. I think they played the, the backups. You know if you're a Boston team and you have Tatum and Brown on your team and you're like, you know what, we want to trade those two in the offseason, you can sit those two and you can put the starting five that you put out there last week in the last game of the season every single week. And you know you're probably not going to win a bunch of games with Peyton Pritchard starting out and Mike Moscala and all these other guys, Derek Williams. You you know you might not or Derek White you might not win a bunch of games but you can say oh they put a lot of effort they put good effort like no cool, your effort is going to get you fifteenth pick yeah that's where you start yeah not I and that's high. what I'm saying yeah you're not getting hired even though even,
0: though even though you know you being, I love the you're effort all slanderous like Peyton like Peyton Pritchard they just get a triple double or something but you know that's a whole other yeah. issue but but yeah but that's what I'm saying so but it's hard like so so outside of just looking at a record. And just I guess keeping up with lineups, you know, like because because like I said, they got their reasons, right? Because they're because even now, they came up with this thing where, hey, as long as you play sixty-five games, you can win MVP. Like you can do this, you can do that. So it's like, okay, like if I'm Joel Embiid, one can I play sixty-five games consistently? Nah, never mind. I ain't gonna go there. But 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 you know, but basically, it's like is. Are, are the star players just going to play sixty five games? You know, what I mean? like now, if you get hurt, you know you miss seven games. I know I could, I was going to play. Now I know you got to play this week or yeah. whatever, so you can still be alive for the MVP. So I don't. So it solves a little bit, but I still don't think it goes far enough.
1: But that's the thing. I don't think. I don't think it has to go. I think the 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 sixty five game rule it addressed a problem that we didn't have like i didn't have a problem with how many games you played to win mvp i don't care about that part my problem as a fan is the price you charge because right. of the other guys on the team so that's this still doesn't guarantee that when la comes to indiana that AD and LeBron are both going to play. Because if they mapped out, like, hey, we played 50 games already and these guys have only missed four, I can get a rest because Indiana's tanking. So Indiana's tanking, so I'm like, I'm not going to play my stars because they're tanking. I can beat them with my third best guy and the rest of my rotation. Yeah,
0: Hachimura can carry us. (laughs) But
1: but that's how it happens. But if Indiana has a guy like Paul George, because every team, you know what a talented guy looks like. You know what a talented NBA player looks like. You know Paul George was that guy. You know Danny Green before the injuries. You have Dwayne Wade when he was down in Miami. Jimmy Butler down in Miami. James Harden. Houston. Like, if you know these teams has these guys, Damian Lillard and Portland. If Portland were to trade away Damian Lillard in November to, let's say, let's who, who could they trade him to that would make that team like a juggernaut? And, like, they're just good losing 65 games. Like, if they would have traded them to Philly, say yeah. for whatever reason, they traded away to Philly for some first and second round picks for the next few years, and they got Tobias Harris and maybe, like, another defender. Paul Reed. You know, something like that. So it was like, yeah, you know Tobias Harris is a good basketball player, but you know Dame Little is box office. So when you get Tobias Harris here – with the assets that you don't have in place, you know you're going to lose a lot of games. That's what I'm talking about. When you know you're giving up a good, young, talented player to another contender, the same way baseball does it. But with baseball, you got to give up prospects. you got to give up guys that are coming to your team. So, like, the Royals did that so many years, and then all of a sudden, boom, we're good. But – the top teams in baseball still can pay for all your free agents so those top teams can save top teams so you can so, get so would that be the big names so but that's kind like you can't move those guys around
0: so would that be kind of like trading mark gasol for Paul gasol
1: <laughs> Yo. no cap but, but, but like but yeah is. let's
0: stay let, let's stay there for a second before we move on let's stay there for a second so like atlanta you know that's the thing right you know are they going to trade, trade young? You know what I mean? Like, does Dallas try to trade Luca before Luca asks out? So, like, if the answer to the Luca question is yes, can I say that they're tanking or they're trying to trade Luca before he walks away for nothing?
1: If you trade that's the thing, he's not gonna walk away for nothing because they put that they put that provision in place in the NBA that your your team that you are already assigned to can offer you. The a most money your deal and the yeah. most money. That's yeah, but but if, a, but if I'm a but if I'm a player
0: and I don't see your vision, I don't see that you're putting stuff around me, like that but money you ain't gonna keep me. It, I'll sign it, the contract, it, but I'm still gonna ask out at some point, Kevin well, Durant.
1: Yeah, and look how long it took them, like it took him a while, but Brooklyn Cave, they didn't have to. Kyrie. Didn't have to. Both of those dudes can be wearing. 11-7 and seven for Brooklyn right now. Probably still would have been a 6-C. Maybe they would have been a 4-C. And, and then they would have been Kyrie walks Eastern away Kansas and playoffs.
0: you don't have anything.
1: Then it is what it is. But that's different than trading away if Kyrie is your only star. Like if Cleveland had Kyrie and LeBron wasn't coming back, and they were like, you know what? We're just going to trade Kyrie, our young talent, 22, 23-year-old talent. We're going to trade him away to some other team and make that team a juggernaut. And we're gonna we're gonna play for this guy who's in college or this guy that's in France next so, year. It's like no, so, I'm not. So what is you so what you is don't the you don't get rewarded for that.
0: So what is the market for a dude like Trey Young?
1: Like I think I think you know with with, with Trey, I don't know where you can trade him. Where you are gonna get the same value? Because if you want to get rid of him, NBA execs know it's like oh well, you're getting rid of a good player. Even if he wants out, sit down. Like yeah. you can sit down yeah. and talk man to man and have these conversations. Or if you, you know, whoever works in your front office, I'm not saying if you know any females work in the front office, but you can sit down like adults and discuss like, yo, this is the vision. But they're only, you have to have some kind of punishment, not necessarily punishment. You have to have some kind of setback that's going to come with, if you trade away Trey Young and you tank, you still start at 15. You're not you're not getting you're not gonna get a top pick. I can live with that's, that. That's my thing. It's like you start at the bottom. Or like if you're not if you're a non-playoff team, not play in, the top right. 16, the top 16 teams get the next 16 picks. One through 16 at the end of the regular season goes one through 16 in the draft. And then you do a lottery for 17 through 30. So that's your incentive. Maybe you go from 30 to 17. If there you're lucky, go. there you go.
0: You know, so like
1: with so people all the out here's problems.
0: You know, so so with people out here like Dylan Brooks talking about how great it would be to eliminate LeBron from the playoffs. So so just because he said that, the Lakers going to win this series now. That, that that's how much the bulletin board matters.
1: I don't think so. Let me get some of this, you know, jersey in the in the springtime. Well, you know, like, I like I think
0: bulletin board bullet material, I, I think it has a place, it has its purpose, but I don't know if it's this end-all, be-all that everybody says it is. Like, so, so, for example, you know, if I'm a dude that plays defensive line for Ohio State, and there's some Michigan lineman that gets on TV talking about, yeah, we've been waiting for Ohio State all year, we're going to punch him in the mouth. Like, was that Ohio State dude not motivated in the first place?
1: Yeah, if you weren't motivated in the first place, then I don't know what to tell you. Like people say extra motivation. I don't know what I don't. I think that's kind of a, an oxymoron. I don't know what that uh, means. Motivation is motivation. Like either you're motivated or you're not. You're yeah. prepared or you're not extra prepared. Like, no, you're prepared or you're not. Like everything. So you moment, know, I had a player on. it's good for player. the fans.
0: I had a player come to like mind. It. When when we when we talked, when we discussed thinking about this, there was a player that came to my mind. And you know. I thought of Vince Carter, you know, the dude that had all the talent in the world. And I don't know if we can say, I ain't going to say he didn't maximize his talent, but I thought Vince still had room to be better than what he ended up being, you know? So, like, if somebody would have got on TV and been like, yo, Vince Carter, he was in the lane. He was about to take over the league, and then his cousin came through. Started leading the league and scoring it. Was that gonna make Vince be like, yo, I'm averaging 32 next year?
1: People say that like that stuff happens. I think what you get, if you're a professional athlete and you're going into the playoffs, then and you want to play for a championship, you feel your team is is positioned to make a championship run. I don't think what a player says in an interview, your opponent says in an interview is going to motivate you more cuz I think your intrinsic team values and your team structure should motivate you to to achieve, you know, this ultimate goal you guys are chasing. I mean, you can't help maybe I think really all it really does, I think it gives the fans something. I think the fans now have something like a meme they can make. You know, like uh, Dylan Brooks, if, for instance, Lakers go up 2-0 on the way back to L.A., it'll be plenty of fans in the stands with signs that say, you know, I thought you wanted LeBron, whatever, whatever. And that might annoy, you know, Dylan Brooks. But I think LeBron is just as motivated to win this series as he is to win any other series. I don't think Dylan Brooks is the... The, the stoker of that, you know, emotional flame that we want, that we people try to, you know, shape it out to be. Yeah, I figure, looking out for it.
0: yeah I figure if you're playing against somebody like Dylan Brooks or Draymond, like that's the motivation right there because you know Draymond's going to be trying to get in your head or you know that Draymond's going to do X, Y, Z, you know, so you just have to be extra focused or you have to know going in, I'm not going to let him get to me, so I'm going to ignore him. And then maybe that gets you off your game a little bit because you're focused on his antics potentially. But for somebody like LeBron, um, since we brought him up, or Kevin Durant, you know, Kevin Durant got two titles. So, like, yeah, you can do the whole he wasn't the bus driver thing. But he retired tomorrow. He's still a two-time champion. You know, Two-time so, so finals
1: MVP. Two-time time finals MVP. He's the league MVP. And
0: regardless of what people say – he was the best player on those warrior teams, you know, they went and got him, but more than he ran to them. So like, whatever, you know, but when you're talking about those people on that level, like whatever, it ain't debatable. But when you're talking about people like LeBron, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, whoever you put on that high esteemed level, their motivation is they're against themselves or, they're against the expectations that they had. Like LeBron came into the league with the ninety million dollar Nike shoe deal. His motivation was, "I'm here to be the best. I'm here to show people that I that I I deserve this." It's not about, "Oh, this guy, Dwayne Wade said something in an interview, so now I got to drop forty on him." Paul Pierce said something, so I got to drop forty on him. No, you want to drop forty on him anyway. Because you're trying to stamp yourself as that person outside of Michael Jordan's shadow.
1: Yeah, Jordan and Jordan did this. They they said Jordan did the same thing. He made up a story about uh one of the defenders for the Knicks or something like that had said something in an interview, and Michael read it and it was motivation, and then we found out later that none of it happened. Or like Michael ran into a guy at a restaurant that played for one of the teams, and they said something to him. Mike and then we came out later and found another that happened. And he was probably just of, tired. He just, he just, he just made it up. He just he made was, it up. He was he
0: just fatigued, just, and he, and he, he had to charge up. up the whole.
1: Yeah, he just made up the whole <laughs> thing. Uh, and we talked about this because I sent you the link from the the clip from the shop where Draymond said before the season started. You know, I get up for guys like when Giannis comes and LeBron comes into town. Like, those are the big games. And I can get that marquee matchup. You want to match up against the best, you know, these these players, however they feel. But he said, I mean, I can't get up for the Kings or whatever the case may be. But when you get to the arena, you also don't want to lose to the Kings either. So I think your motivation right. to win is still there. You might not just be – you might not be deliberately hyper. You might not go out and get your standard – Draymond technical to get the crowd into it, to get Steve Kerr all riled up, whatever. You might not do that, but your, your, your motivation to win is still the same. Now the Kings can look at that clip and say, see what they said about us. But if you need to, if you need that information, if you need that to be your driving force in April, then you are prepared.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're, you're playing against the defending champs no more no less you're playing against the defending champs you're like i brought up the other day uh where i talked about somebody slamming the door shut on the warriors and you were saying like no ain't nobody gonna slam the door shut on them but the point that i was making was you know if you're a team like sacramento and you knock golden State out in the first round not only does it elevate you in the eyes of everybody nationwide but this could be it like Clay getting older and declining, Draymond's declining, so on and so forth. So I'm not saying that you specifically shut the door on the Warriors, but you're the team that beat the Warriors coming off of a championship. And now if the Warriors don't make it back to the championship, you're that's the moment we recall that the Warriors yeah. ended. So that's motivation right there enough. And maybe as fans and as a fan, maybe that's naivety on my part. You know where I'm looking at it that way, and thinking that these players think things like that. Because for me, if I'm somebody like say De'Aaron Fox, I'm walking into that stadium. Steph ain't coming in my house and bombing away on me. We we putting them out. We gonna make our names known. Sacramento stand up.
1: Like yeah, but if that's but if that's been your motivation this whole time, seeing the clip from the shop shouldn't be extra motivation because it's right, like you're motivated right. or you're not. Right, you're ready, you're not. You're gonna Motivation can be
0: want. intrinsic. It's basically yeah. intrinsic. So it's
1: like you should already be ready for these moments if that's if that's the goal. If the goal is to win, then it doesn't matter who's there. Like your goal is to win. Yeah, you want the TV acclaim, and you know you get your regular season wins, and then you get the Christmas Day game. It's validation. It's a measuring stick. You get all that other stuff, but it's like, man, if you need to hear about what. Some backup power forward said to you, A D, then you're in trouble. If if John Morant needs to hear that some executive in LA thinks that he's a thug and he's gonna his his entourage is gonna ruin the game from the sideline, if that's the motivation you need to go out and drop 40, then whatever.
0: I don't know. If I'm John, I might be a little if I'm John I might be a
1: little little motivated
0: if I saw Shannon Sharp over there.
1: I mean because Shannon's gonna put them paws on his pops and then he couldn't do nothing about it because Shannon put them paws on John, too. Because <laughs> Shannon's no small dude, you know. Shannon played, you know, he said he played, he was playing around 220, 230 when he played in the league, you know, about 6'2 and a half, 6'3 and 2. I'm like, that's that's no small, and he still works out. So that old man strength, country Georgia knuckle strength, you know. What I mean, so yeah. it's like he probably didn't want that smoke anyway, but with that being said. I think even what Dylan Brooks said, I think it might be more admiration. It's like I would love to play LeBron, and he said in the seven game series,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he didn't say sweet. So I think I think as a as, as a sports pundit, so as we you know we have fashioned ourselves to be, I think it's it's a conversation that we can have. But I've always felt like if you needed, like if you're a boxer and the, the press conference m- makes you want to knock the guy out more that you weren't really ready. In the beginning right if the guy says something slick about your mom like cool i was planning on knocking you out anyway like that was the plan was to knock you out like that's how i wanted to win the fight I now wanted, i just want to do it to quicker baby. Maybe. <laughs> maybe i want to do it quicker but it's like what you're saying has it up to my motivation my motivation was to harm you with my fist from the beginning you can say whatever you want i still plan on hitting you in the face and stomach and ribs multiple times with my hands so i think hard there are
0: so I think there are exceptions to the rule. Like when Bernard Hopkins threw the Puerto Rican flag down, I'm sure that changed the ante in Trinidad's mind. He just couldn't do it. But I'm sure that changed a certain rhythm in his mind.
1: And, yeah, and Did not help?
0: No, it didn't help. You know exactly.
1: What I mean? You got you to perform. So like no matter what the external stuff is, intrinsically you got to go out there and perform. No matter how LeBron felt about going back to Boston down 3-2, he could have he been motivated by history and everything else. But if he doesn't go 45, 15, and five, they break up the Miami Heat. So all the motivation of the world to win is great, but you got to go out there and drop 45, 15, and five. Right. So it's like that, that's more important than whatever the hell Paul Pierce is saying to you while you're trying to shoot free throws or whatever KG says to your ears. Like they said Tim Duncan was like the best shit talking because none of that stuff worked. He's like, he was they said Tim Duncan would tell you stuff like how to improve your move during the game. Like he would tell you, like, <laughs> oh man, don't, don't, don't turn your hip so quick. Like the guy was like, I had the ball in my hand. So your motivation is all ramped up. And he's so into the game, He's like, Yeah, you're turning your hip too quick. I'm gonna block that. <laughs> and this There's that you couldn't get Tim off his game. I think if you need the bulletin board material, then you're off of your game.
0: See, I can see, I can see Giannis doing something like that. Like, I can see Kawhi like dunking the ball, and Giannis runs up the court like, I don't know how you did that, man. And then Kawhi's (laughs) like, what? You know, whatever. Like, you know, so, 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 yeah, I think, I, I think that like bulletin board material might work for like the lesser players on the team. So, like, when somebody like Dylan Brooks says, I would love to face LeBron in the first round. Maybe somebody like Dennis Schroeder is like, I must now defend his honor, you know, or something along those lines. Like, Bron, we or can't let it, you. Or did
1: it? It did it motivate Anthony Edwards to call Anthony Towns to beat LA just so they could tell Dylan Brooks, "Now look, you got a player in the first round." Like, no,
0: none of that. No, happened. it, it, it call didn't it- work. Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns can't keep his hands to himself.
1: You know, if he didn't grab A.D. and A.D. didn't flop, first of all, A.D., you had 6'10", 275. You shouldn't fall. Like, no no one can put you to the ground that easy.
0: He's, like,
1: <laughs> he's like, oh, ref, ref. Um, well, you like, way. Hey, listen, you hey, got to get the call. He shouldn't Anthony grab Edwards, Like, you got four fouls, eight minutes Anthony, left
0: in the game. Anthony Edwards better be motivated to score 35 tomorrow because if not, they going home for real.
1: Yeah, but is that – because they wanted to yeah. play the Lakers in the first round. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, like, the, yeah. that bullet-to-board material should have been more, quote-unquote, bullet-to-board material for Minnesota. Or when Patrick Beverly was like, I want to knock the Lakers out of the playoffs, you think that made them want to beat Chicago more? Or the fact that they needed to beat Chicago, at least one of those two games, to ensure that they had an opportunity to play in? I think that's more beneficial than a dude who used to be on their team that they just traded – has been on like his 15 and yeah. three and a half years. So it's was like,
0: well, it just reminds me of like, you know, the MVP conversation we're going to have later. Like, you know, the media just needs stuff to talk about sometimes and they just create these stories. Like, you know, like you always talk about, did they lose the game or did they win it? And I'm like, I don't know. Both happened. You know, at the same time, yeah. like one team won, one team lost.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Like sometimes it's like you know, last week you and I, like the last couple of weeks, we were kind of like trying to find things, and yes, these kind of comments here and there. But really, the thing that makes our conversations work is or tangible things that occur. The baseball season started. We could talk about baseball. The NCAA championship occurred. We yes. could talk about that. It wasn't like – we don't have a lot of conversations about the trash and, and talk. And real, real quick, like, I meant to, I meant to,
0: real quick, I meant to throw it in my intro. Shout out to the 13-0 and 0 Tampa Bay Rays. You know, I meant to bring that up. 13 – it started the season 13-0. and 0. And also, since I made fun of you, I got to give you your credit. Granted, we're only 12, 13 games in. But props to the Pittsburgh Pirates who are only one game out of first place right now. And they are
1: up 2-0 on St. Louis right now, bottom of the seventh.
0: Yes, I just got to throw that out there. I meant to say that in my intro, but I was so excited. I got so pumped up about tanking that that I forgot to say it.
1: So now the Yankees heard about how you are bigging up the Tampa Bay race to start 13 and 0. Now they got some bullets and more material to go out winning. Yeah, tomorrow. when they, they go play plays. Tampa,
0: they tired of hearing about Tampa, you know. Yeah, they tired of hearing
1: about Tampa. Now they when they, they got the game tomorrow night against Minnesota at home. They're like, ah, oh, these guys on Sports Reports order is talking like like it just like I said, I, that's I what that's it.
0: what people think, though. Like I like I was I was seriously thinking about this, like I was like, you know. If I'm Bryce Young, for example, if I'm Bryce Young, what is it that an Auburn player could have said that would have made me be like, I'm putting up five hundred on them? Because you started out wanting to put five hundred up on them just because they're Auburn. They're the it's the Iron Bowl. You want to embarrass Iron them. Bowl. You want like like like. Need to
1: this, win it to what, get the national championship game. You need it to validate the fact your coach gets paid. Like. $15 million and now, you got an $8 million now, NIL deal. Like.
0: Do I think, do I think that a team like Auburn, six and five, goes up against 11 and 0 Alabama and internally within their locker room, they're like, we got to beat them to knock them out the national title race. And that might be, I do believe that is a thing. and But that's intrinsic. That happened organically in their locker room but if the media came out and said but if the media came out and said auburn said they're gonna beat alabama like some dogs just to get them out of the title race i don't think alabama goes in like hey we gotta be on our p's and q's to beat the six and five auburn team
1: (laughs) yes like like two examples like one like uh dan campbell said at halftime of the packers Lions game. Oh, well, we can't get in, so we're going to ruin their chances. And then I'm pretty sure Green Bay heard he said it on TV. He said it in his halftime interview, like, hey, we can't get in, so we're going to ruin their chances. Yeah, somebody checked their tweets at halftime. Yeah, like everyone. Like, it's already on Twitter. uh, But I don't think that motivated them anymore because, I mean, Green Bay still lost. Yeah, I think both teams want to win because it's the division rivalry, and you want to win. I think they wanted to win that game anyway, even if, unlike... Doug Peterson when he put in Nate Sudfeld so Washington can win the NFC East and it was promptly fired. Deservedly so. Um, that's See, that's how, you, some that's other how you
0: handle a tank right there.
1: <laughs> yeah, you get rid of him. Now he's in Jacksonville, you try to make it run. But uh, one of my favorite movies, Heath Ledger, Knight's Tale, Shannon Sussman, Uh He was, you know, if people haven't seen the movie, he was a squire. The knight died. He took over, assumed his identity. And he was just so good, he was beating everyone. So it was one seed, uh, Alan Tudyk and the other co-star, uh, they put Heath Ledger up on the horse and he'd say, tell me about this night. And he was like, one of the guys said, oh, he's raised the taxes on his land three times to pay for tournaments. And He goes like, yeah, his countrymen are starving while he sits at banquets. And then they both leaned under the horse and said, it's probably true. <laughs> it's like it's like motiva the doctors dude up the horse and it's like i get it in that moment it's like you want to win but if you give if you give them a little spark okay i get it but as far as like a professional league and everything's all the chips in the middle of the table i don't think an interview from seven months ago should be like the inspiration that you you that pushes you over the edge you know because yeah. you can still lose no matter how motivated you are you still can lose if you're not prepared i think your preparedness, is greater than whatever your motivation is because I think if you're prepared, so, so you prepare, prepared what about stuff? So what about motivation. stuff
0: like, uh, what about like Joe Namath? You know, guaranteeing the Super Bowl win and like Rasheed Wallace guaranteeing wins. You know, during the playoffs, you know, and like- they
1: won, and the Jets went on one. So did it motivate Indian, the, the 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 Baltimore Colts anymore? Maybe didn't matter. He still ran off the field with his one finger, and he, they. And the entire Jets franchise has been living off that moment ever since.
0: Half of yeah, people it in America me,
1: weren't born when that game happened. Yeah, sort remi- right of
0: reminds me. It sort of reminds me of another New York franchise, but that's a whole other story. And
1: that reminds yeah. me of another team that plays in green and white, <laughs> living off of one chip. Yeah,
0: yeah. So you know, and, and and that's it. That's just it. You know, like I just think of these moments as. You know, it's something intrinsic inside of you that you want to accomplish, whether it's for your legacy, whether it's to make your children proud, whether it's to make a parent proud, whatever it might be. You have these intrinsic things. And that's where, like I said, I thought about Vince Carter, you know, because uh, one of my boys, you know, White Adam, you know, he refers to Vince Carter as the tin man, you know, because he ain't got no heart. So so that's why I thought of Vince Carter, you know, because I was like, you know, he had the Michael Jordan comparisons, you know, but then like Kobe came in and was like, no, that's the Michael Jordan guy. And, you know, all these other guys came in and did these things where Vince, not that he became an afterthought, but he became the, I want to see what dunk he's going to do tonight because I know he ain't winning no championship guy.
1: Well, and you blame the front office because they had Tracy McGrady and him at the same time.
0: This is true, you know,
1: and you know, but that so goes was back it his, his ability to dunk, or is it his team's ability to blow layups?
0: I mean, hey, he his made it to the, he he made it to that one series against Iverson, where you know they were trading fifty point games and everything, you know, but Iverson just beat him,
1: and that happens,
0: and that happens. I don't, I don't think he was more motivated because,
1: oh, this dude's a Reebok athlete and I wear Nikes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like I said. I just I just think I just think the whole I think that that entire premise is kind of overblown. Can it be a little bit more motivation? But like, yeah, maybe maybe that extra two percent boost you need. But if you need if you need it, then you you're not ready. Ooh, pirates got another home run. So
0: there you go, my guys, man. You know, saying, Come on, Pittsburgh, win the division. I'm on your side. I was trying to think mm. about that. I was like, yo, when was the last time Pittsburgh was actually good? Like, was it Barry Bonds? Like, it have they- had
1: to be Barry Bonds. <laughs> <laughs> like, like straight up, I think it might have been Barry Bonds time. Like, I know they can't think of another time.
0: Well, I think they had a near playoff run like fairly recently, but
1: the playoffs they, for baseball has finally expanded. So it like the that was that was a tough that was a tough grind because it was like three, like six teams made it or something. It was like yeah, it was a very low number but for see, a but, lot of but, years. But, but
0: now the Padres got motivation, right? You know, Tatis was suspended last year, you know, and you know, they lost, you know, so we do I don't know. You know, but oh,
1: they went back to back. Oh, no way. They just went back. Break back-to-back. up
0: the pirates, the new Miami Marlins. <laughs> He's
1: yeah, only a good sixteen. Time. You they know, got a but, bunch of Dominican players on the team. You
0: know, but yeah, you know. So shout NFL, out to Pittsburgh.
1: Pittsburgh's a dope city. On the low, it's like a hidden gym in the Midwest. You know, and I and I, would I love, suggest anybody go there. I don't really like any
0: teams from Pittsburgh. Like, I'm supporting the Pirates just because they've been bad for so long. But I love cities like Pittsburgh that do the color scheme thing. You know, all their teams pretty much. Yeah, where's the same thing? You know, I like that. Oh, the city's
1: painted that way. Yeah, where's the bridges are painted? This, like, it's literally everywhere you go, that's what you see. The restaurants are painted, like the restaurants around the stadium. It's a lot of like gold, black and gold. Black and yellow, whatever they want to go with black and gold, black, whatever color See, you want to use. There you go, everywhere. ladies and
0: gentlemen, and that's why you tune into Sports Reports is ordered because you get Pirates Appreciation Day. You never know <laughs> what you're going to get around here. We gave go to you
1: Pittsburgh, man. Benny Hanna was legit,
0: and they put the sauce on top of the pizza. Yeah, yo, and that? they got
1: a dope casino. Like, yo, it's yo. Pittsburgh's legit. Like, you if, know, you, but, if your but, favorite team is a game in Pittsburgh, I I suggest you check it out. Nice you know, but see.
0: look at that—from Daniel Jones from Daniel Jones Appreciation Week to Pittsburgh Pirates Appreciation Day—we got the little guys out here in these streets, man. We got ships, you man. covered. We got you covered. Yeah.
1: This is a show y'all so, need to
0: watch. So, speaking of things that you never know what you're going to get, the NFL draft is coming up. So, you know, we already talked about. Teams are calling Arizona to get the number three draft pick. We saw Chicago trade out of the first pick with Carolina, and, you know, they got DJ Moore out of the deal. You know, Raph, you got your eye on any players that may be on the move during the draft.
1: There's been talk of a a few players. uh, The Aaron Rodgers saga. It's got to come to an end.
0: Come on, man.
1: I was watching the Rich Eisen show. And they're basically saying that the his announcement that he made on Pat McAfee's show kind of handcuffed the Jets a little bit, kind of, you know, slid a little bit of their leverage. Yeah, the Green Bay was like 80 yeah. up
0: then. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so, like, now they want, like, a couple of firsts. They want first this year, first next year, and the second unprotected. Like, all kinds of just – they just want it all. Like, with no guarantee Dumb-ass that players. Andy's going to play more than two years. So – I get that that move is potential. The money is crazy. He's owed like $59 million this year. I don't know how they're gonna divvy that up. I don't know if the Jets take on a certain percentage. DeAndre Hopkins, he's owed 19 million this year. That you know how we talked about these these contracts and how the way they pay out. NBA contracts. I don't, are I don't worse know how realistic
0: it is. I don't know how realistic it is. And people always tell me it's your fault and it's Adam's fault, white Adam. Everybody tells me that I'm a closet Falcon fan. You know, because I would like to see DeAndre Hopkins go to Atlanta.
1: Nah, it's too much money. It's too much money, and we got a number one guy already. Drake Leonard's our number one guy. Or, Kyle Pitts is our tight end. Or I don't know awesome, how long he's going to be out.
0: Or how awesome would it be if he went back to Houston?
1: I, my thing is, like, if you have to, like, why you need to leave? Like, what are, you, what are you chasing? You got the 19 million. Well, it's not because,
0: him. It's them.
1: Well, yeah, they're paying them. Okay, so say hypothetically he does go to Atlanta. Unless they're willing to take, like, a second this year or the, or the third next year or something like that, I don't think Atlanta's going to do it. Because uh, we, we talk about the analytics GMs and what schools they go to. I think our GM went to – One of those Ivy League schools. I think he's a Harvard or Brown guy. One of those schools like that. So those guys are heavy in analytics. I I think they probably hire a lot of people from schools like MIT and Yale and a lot of these high-end math Ivy League schools or whatever. Even though math is the same in any school, but they tend to. I think the GM from the Browns is he went to Harvard, so a lot of these guys are playing analytics game and. DeAndre Hopkins played nine games last year. He had 96 targets. That's basically 10 targets a game. He caught six of those 10. 717 yards and three touchdowns. Mm -hmm. If I'm trading for that, so if you extrapolate that over a 16-game season, that gets you about six touchdowns. Six or seven touchdowns. Uh, I mean, close about 1100 1200 yards, give or take. If you play, you know, so basically double it. So you go about 1300 yards, six touchdowns, six or seven touchdowns. That's a nice season, but I'm paying you 19 million for that. I don't know if I'm paying you 19 million for you to come into my system and reproduce those numbers. Now, know, were you playing that way because you're injured? I know he got he had the suspension and everything else. So it was like, I like, I like him. I think he's one of the top wide receivers in the league. But I think with the rules and if you're a rebuilding team, then you wouldn't make that move. Baltimore, if they didn't sign OBJ, I would say that would be a good move because he's a, a definitive number one wide receiver, big target, big hands. I think his, his gloves are like a 4X, something crazy like that. But with Odell Beckham Jr., you don't need DeAndre Hopkins. I I saw a rumor that Buffalo, but I'm like, Buffalo, you need to get a guy behind Josh Allen, not another guy that's going to run out in front of him. I don't think that's a good move. Maybe the Jets, but I don't know how much money they're willing to spend. I know that pharmaceutical money has been pretty legit since 2020. I'm pretty sure the net worth is ramped up, but I don't know about the salary cap or what you're willing to spend a luxury tax or who you can cut or who you're paying – I know you're paying Zach Wilson a nice little chunk of change, be a number two overall pick to sit behind Aaron Rodgers potentially, or even another guy, because if you don't believe, he's the backup. So I think you're just putting a lot, a lot of money. I think a lot of teams are looking at how Philly made it to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And I think a guy like Devin White, who reportedly, rumor has it, requested a trade out of Tampa Bay. He is going to be a non-restricted free agent next year, so he's getting 11 million this year. So I'm looking at him to get like a Roquan Smith kind of deal, where he gets traded, and someone gives him five years, 105 million. Roquan got five 100 on the dot. Him going somewhere getting five for 100 million for like a first round pick. I will look for that move. I think that's probably the move. Got yeah, Allen Robinson, another guy, but he had 33 catches for 333 yards. Th- 339 yards last year. Like he's better off just sitting in LA getting his $10 million or letting them cut him and he still gets his $10 million and he gets to pick his team. No one's gonna trade for him. So Devin White out of Tampa Bay, I look for that to be a draft day trade. Somebody who needs a linebacker that can rush the passer because he had he had 124 tackles but five and a half sacks also. Not good. He right. doesn't do a lot of coverage. He only has like one career interception, but Devin White out of Tampa Bay, I would look for him to be the the day one Thursday night someone traded a first-round pick for him.
0: I could see, and obviously we've heard this name during free agency as rumor, but if Tennessee moves up to get a quarterback, I could see them potentially trading Derek Henry. Just on some, you don't fit the timeline anymore. I know that you mentioned a little bit that you think Vrabel might be on some thin ice, if you will, you know, or at least like on his way out at some point soon. So you know, you could just do a reboot there, you know. And and I don't know where he would end up unless they just gave him as a part of the trade to get number three from Arizona. You know, um, I know Arizona has James Conner, but. You know, if you could get Derrick Henry, I guess you take Derrick Henry. Um, I've heard the Denver receivers. You know, I've heard some Jerry Judy noise the last couple of years. Uh, nothing that has really been, I guess, realistic or came to fruition. But it sounds like Cortland Sutton could be on the move, you know. And by trading him, they free up $6.8 in cap space. I'm not sure what they're going to do with that this year, but... That's a name that I've heard that we should be looking out for. You know, I don't know where he would end up. You know, maybe he's a Texan kind of guy as they get their new quarterback in the future, get a receiver that's still fairly young to grow with that quarterback. So maybe that could be an option. Um, As far as a shocker, a shocker, I don't know if this will happen, but I was thinking about would the Chargers trade Khalil Mack You know, just from money standpoints. And also, you know, there's also the Austin Eckler thing out there, obviously. You know, we were talking about him a couple of weeks ago. You know, is he going to get moved? And if so, where? But the name that I think stood out to me, just because it's draft night and just because the 49ers always doing something crazy, is Patrick – I mean, I'm sorry, Trey Lance. You know, bootleg Patrick Mahomes, Trey Lance. You know, could he be on the move? Because you're in a situation now where Brock Purdy, for whatever we want to say, whatever we want to say the reasons were, they did get to the NFC Championship game with Brock Purdy. They don't have Jimmy G anymore. So, in my opinion, I don't know if it's time to make it Brock Purdy's team, but it's probably more Brock Purdy's team at this point than it is Trey they It's probably Sam Darnold, though. They did bring in Sam Darnold, but he ain't starting over nobody. You know, like Sam Darnold will start if there's a bunch of injuries, which Brock Purdy is hurt right now. So if you trade Trey Lance, you got Darnold to hold down until Purdy gets back, potentially.
1: I think San Francisco painted themselves into a corner when they unnecessarily traded up to get to Trey Lance. They traded up too high. It reminds me of when Chicago traded up from three to two with with San Francisco to get Trubisky when no one was going to take Trubisky. No one was going to trade up to two to get Trubisky. And Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes have still been on the board.
0: Right, right, right.
1: So when they traded that, that amount of draft capital to get Trey Lance, it was like you could have not done that and still gotten Justin Fields right you know so they're, they're gonna hold on to trey lance because they hitched their wagon to him when they mm-hmm. made that deal they gave up too much draft capital you're gonna get pennies on the dollar if you try to trade trey lance now Best case scenario you get is a fifth round i'm not off you more than a sixth round pick i might be cute and go fifth because i know you want to get rid of them And he's unproven. So it's like, you haven't shown me anything that he could do. So why would I give you anything in realistic return?
0: And that's where the Jets are. You know, like if you get Aaron Rodgers, if you finalize this deal, do you keep Zach Wilson behind Aaron Rodgers, watch this great quarterback in action, learn some things, or do you get rid of Zach and say, you know, hey, this is over. I keep Zach.
1: I would keep him too, but I'd keep around. Zach because I think he, he he fashions himself as a poor man's Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron can say, no, you got to fix your feet if you want to throw it like that. Like this is where your feet have to be. Because sometimes you get a quarterback coach, offensive coordinator, the head coach is a defensive guy. Your wires he he's complaining about you. But until somebody comes in, it's like sometimes it's not always a message, it's a messenger. So I think uh-huh. Aaron would be a great messenger for Zach Wilson. Especially considering if he, if he that, chooses to be. I think he will, because it's not like Zach can take his job. He's taking Zach's job. And he, he said he's had conversations with them before. Like I said, I, I used to listen to Pat McAfee a lot of times because this podcast is like three or four hours. So when you do a long drive, it's good to listen to. Shout out to, you know, Pat McAfee. Uh, but you can also listen to Sports Reports order on the long drive. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that part later. But he talked about how he reached out to Zach Wilson after he got drafted. So I think he likes him. And I think he recognizes – I think he can have some empathy as far as, like, the old veteran pretty much taking his spot for a year longer than he should. Because I think Aaron's got one year left. There's $59 million. He's going to make a run at it with the Jets. He's going to realize that beating Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence – Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, if he's still in the AFC, he's probably going to nip on the Colts. It's tough to to be potentially the seventh or eighth quarterback or in that mix where he was like top dog in Green Bay for so long. And I think he'll make a value run at it, and then it'll be Zach's team next year.
0: You know, another name just popped into my head. So you talked about DeAndre Hopkins. You know, obviously we talked about Odell Beckham the other day and what, I don't, I gonna, yeah, yeah, the Ravens just wild. But uh, is that there a is potential a that, game. is is there is there a potential that somebody like Mike Evans could get traded?
1: Depends on what, ta- see, Tampa Bay's in that conundrum where their division didn't get any better since last offseason. I, uh-huh. I like Atlanta's moves. You got Calais Campbell defensively. You got Jeff Okuda for a fifth-round pick. You got Jesse Bates. They think they paid him handsomely. Um, Kyle Pitts is coming off of injury. I'm not sure if he's going to be ready for opening day. Then you have Drake London. Then you have an unproven quarterback. Carolina just traded up to get the number one pick. They think about taking, you know, rumor has it, Anthony Richardson. And then you got the Saints. They got Derek Carr. So Tampa Bay is looking like we could probably still win this division at 9 and 8. They sign Baker Mayfield, except they don't run the ball at all. Right. So I think they'd have to keep Mike Evans because they don't run the ball well. If they had yeah. a, if they had a running back, if they had an Eckler, if they had a scheme where they can throw a lot of passes to a running back like Eckler or McCat, not necessarily these particular guys, but like a guy whose scheme and, and part of their offense is he can catch 70 to 80 passes. Then I think you could potentially move the wide receiver and maybe get something. But since they don't have that option and they they need everything to get the nine wins and getting the nine wins can win the division, I say Mike Evans stays home.
0: Yeah, I was wondering if they go running back. You know, I know you know we were talking about devaluing the running back and you know people say you don't take a running back
1: in the first round. You know, so yeah, they do. If he's have... there at nineteen. If they, yeah, if he's there at nineteen when they pick and they don't pick him. I'm like. You're tripping. Yeah, because, I mean, they do have
0: Rashard White, who could be their version of Eckler, but, you know, he's not an every down back by any means. I like him a lot, but they probably need a bell cow, if you will. So, you know, but I was just wondering if Tampa's going to go, because Baker Mayfield's on the one-year deal like we talked about. So is Tampa going to end up going rebuild? Where that would free up somebody
1: like Mike Evans because they could like 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 you just said they could trade Mike Evans and probably still win the division too. I know I, I, I think if they trade Mike Evans, I don't think they win the division because I don't think Baker Mayfield can convert a lot of third and sevens without a six foot five target like without that the to just body. throw it up to yeah. without the big body. Um mm-hmm. But, like I said, so if they because they don't run the ball at all, unless Tom Brady was just checking out of every run play and they just were like, <laughs> No, hey, they Tom just couldn't be run. Tom.
0: I think they just couldn't run.
1: And I think it might have been a situation where first down to get now, second and eight, and he's like, and they call another one. And he's like, Nah, check that, check that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because they had Fournette
1: in. Alert, alert. We're throwing Four, it.
0: Fournette had a success against certain teams, you know, but like it was not consistent at all. But then it made me think about, and I know he's coming off an injury, not necessarily serious injuries, but, you know, with the Colts, you know, you obviously want the quarterbacks, a young quarterback's best friend is his tight end in his run game, you know, but if Derek Henry's out there, could I possibly see Jonathan Taylor being out there?
1: I mean, I I I I would say you'd hold on to them, just because you gotta you you have to keep your core identity in place, and the the core of winning football teams is their ability to manage the line of scrimmage. Either Mm -hmm. you do that with offensive linemen, defensive linemen, you do it with the run game, or you do it with the a great linebacking core or a good quarterback somewhere in in the trenches area that, 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 you know, those 13 or 14 players on either side of the ball out of the 22 guys on the field. If you can control that area with either running backs, that can pick up the blitz quarterbacks that can recognize the blitz going hot, so forth and so on. If you don't have all of that, then you got to keep, you got to go to where like, let's keep it simple. Let's get a big, tough offensive line, couple of tight ends and we'll just run the ball. Until our quarterback, you know, Tampa Bay's case, Baker Mayfield, figures it out. Uh, Houston, they're going to end up with C.J. Stroud or uh, Bryce Young. Let's keep it. Let's keep it tight. Keep it in pack. Keep it simple. And then give them easy throws. Like the New England game against Green Bay when they had to put Bailey Zappi in. I think they pretty much ran the ball, ran the ball. Then they ran play action. And they gave him one or two reads. And if it wasn't there, throw it away. I mm-hmm. mean, so it was like, I just think teams, if they're smart, they'll keep it simple. Indy, Indy isn't that far off. It's I don't just, think so either.
0: They were just dumb just, by bringing in these old-ass quarterbacks.
1: Like the Jets, the Jets are, instead of kind of looking at how things went down in Indy, like this isn't a permanent solution. This is a short-term solution. And I think the Jets are probably trying to keep their draft picks protected because they know this Aaron Rodgers experiment is because – we think we might be a quarterback away from making a run in the AFC. And if it doesn't work, you still got Zach Wilson. You have, you know, a couple of receivers you signed and you can make another run at it. Maybe you get a little bit of success with Aaron Rodgers, and that kind of carries over the confidence of the quarterback and the staff. Nathaniel Hacker gets his confidence back, whatever the case may be. And if you don't run it back with Aaron next year, You know, you still you you built something. You built like, all right, this is how we're gonna operate going forward. This is our this is how Mm -hmm. we're gonna play going forward. And I think the Colts have built this run the ball, good linebacker play, young DBs. I think their wide receiver core isn't really that dynamic. So that could be tough. So that would give me a reason to say we're gonna keep our running back in house. Tennessee, I think Tennessee trades up to three. They're gonna have to recoup some draft capital to build around their new quarterback. And like you said, they don't fit the timeline with Derrick Henry. And you have a team like Buffalo. Buffalo is probably they're probably hearing this as much as we're talking about it. You're you're running the ball away, like a good running back away from being a dominant offensive team that keeps a top defense, so like, just go get Derrick Henry. You could probably get him for like a two, a two and a couple threes, a two twos and a three. You give him a two right. this year and a two and a three next year. Yeah, going with nice. those. And yeah, and then if you need to get that back, you're gonna there's going to be a guy on your team at the end of the 2023 24 season that you can trade to get you a second and a third back that you got for Derrick Henry after you get success with Derrick Henry.
0: Is Kareem Hunt finally going to move? Probably not Draft Draftonite. And then, of course, Tennessee has to figure out Tannehill as well.
1: If I'm Tennessee, they're in that same conundrum as Tampa Bay. Their division is winnable. Jacksonville is coming on. Houston's drafting in the top five again. Indianapolis doesn't have a quarterback. So can you split with Jacksonville? Can you win the rest of your games against Indy and Houston? Because as of right now, Indy and Houston, they don't have a viable NFL quarterback. That has that has wins, that can Mm -hmm. that can show you any kind of pedigree. So, can you go five and one in your division? Nine wins gets you the playoffs. So nine wins gets you in the playoffs. If you can go five and one in your division, I think you keep Tannehill. If you think Tannehill can get you five and one, but maybe I think you can give up there, Henry, get a couple more picks, and you just gotta you got to split. So you go five and one and and six games you just gotta go four four and seven of your other eleven and
0: you're in the playoffs and of course jacksonville don't even have to make a draft day trade like that because they got calvin ridley coming back
1: (laughs) wearing zero no more gambling that's what that means yeah, so so you know, yeah. So I think
0: I think that's always the fun part, you know, is speculating about this stuff. Of course, just because we talked about all this, it's gonna be all ho-hum, you know, but it's gonna it, be super
1: vanilla. We're talking all this crazy stuff. We got I got Devin White playing for the Eagles, getting a five-year contract. You got DeAndre Hopkins in Atlanta wearing 19. I mean, we got all kinds of stuff going on. It's gonna be chalk. Simple trait. You might get one dude that moves for like a fourth round pick. It was like, and they're gonna be drafting safeties out of Ohio in the first round. Like, who the hell is this dude? It's gonna be. I mean, I don't know. Exciting. I I think it I think it has the potential to be, especially yeah if Lamar, yeah yeah. If Lamar Aaron, B Hop and Derrick Henry, are not done because I watched the interview with uh and the, on the Raw Room, uh with. What's the board name? I keep drawing a blank. Brown, A.J. Brown, you know, he was talking about how the Tennessee Eagles trade went down. It was like up until the day of the trade, he thought that Tennessee potentially was going to, like, honor the deal because they were saying for a long time, listen, we're not trading, we're not trading, we're not trading you. And then his agent was like, listen, what do you want me to do? He was like, man, just do your job. And then to get the conversation you know, have a conversation with his agent that basically said, all right, they're willing to trade you to Philly for this, whatever. They're just working on compensation. So he's like, it was bittersweet because this whole time they had been telling me they weren't going to trade me. And then as soon as somebody calls with an offer, they're ready to move me. And he's like, and he said his agent still told him to stop talking to the teams. He's like, stop answering the phone calls. He <laughs> said, "I was talking to." Some, he's like, I was talking to somebody in the building. He's like, I'll keep that on the low. But he was like, He's like, I just stopped answering the phone calls, and then when the trade was about to happen, he said he called Vrabel, and he's like, Vrabel was like, listen, you know, I, I can't talk to you right now because he, like they were still in the middle of the trade, but he was like, I will talk to you after it's all over. But this was after the trade was all made. But it was like he said it was bittersweet because they've been telling him for all this time, like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna get you squared away, we're gonna get a deal, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do everything we want to keep you, want to keep you. And as soon as somebody calls with a deal, you know, you're ready to go. So just a matter of. Does someone call one of these teams? Does someone call Tennessee and say, hey, we don't want to trade Derrick Henry? And then someone's like, hey, we'll give you a one form. Or Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, you talk about that. Sean Payton came out and said, hey, we have no plans on trading these guys. But that's planned. Houston calls you and says, hey, we'll give you our second, second round pick. Because I'm pretty sure they probably got a couple. They seem like a team that kind of stacked picks. So say they got two second round picks, like we'll give you. Our second, second round pick, Cortland Sutton might be in Houston. You know, it's just a matter on who's gonna make the phone call, who's gonna give up what. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. I I think I think some teams can make some moves. Um, especially these teams that sign these guys to these these contracts that they want to keep paying out.
0: I'm here for it, but I just got one request. Can one of y'all, somebody I don't even care who. Can somebody just offer Lamar Jackson something? <laughs> well, I don't even care who it is at this point. I just want to see what happens. I want to see if Baltimore matches or if there's a number out there that Baltimore would not match. Like, I just, just, just give me something. Just give me something, you know, but, you know, we were talking earlier, like we freestyling this one because we didn't take any notes. We were just talking in our pre-meeting, and something came up, so we decided to bring it to the show. And you know, of course, it's always—I don't want to say it's difficult to talk about race, but you know, just from the standpoint of, you know, some people get turned off by it. You oh, know, saying I think a lot of people get turned on by it. You know what I mean? They say they get turned off, but I think they get turned on. They just don't want nobody to know. That it turns yeah. them on, you know, like <laughs> yeah, like when she playing with your toes? You just don't want nobody to know.
1: <laughs> you know. Now we're getting in the feet. Yeah, we got everything for you.
0: Yeah, you know, what saying shout out to Rex Ryan. You know, but you know, I was thinking about this, you know, because I saw some comments earlier from Joel Embiid. You know, because he always I'm running funny. his mouth, and he was talking about how, oh, why doesn't anybody have any sympathy for me? You know, now that Jokic is getting, he didn't say Jokic's name, but he just said, when well, some people are getting criticized, like, now y'all got a problem, but when people are bashing me, nobody got a problem. But the funny part is, I don't remember nobody bashing him.
1: Hey, preaching to the pulpit, pit player. <laughs> what it boils down to, and we've talked about this, and like I said, it's probably something we even talked about that's been recorded or not this, this, this current, I think people always, always might be a generality, but it's like this, the sad story is potentially a good story publicly. A lot of people don't win best actor for comedies. Even though it was hard to be funny for a whole movie. I know the Emmys have a category like best actors in a comedy series or comedy movie or comedy musical. They they kind of broke it down. But the best movie award normally comes from something dramatic. Someone got sick. Someone got fired. Someone got shot. Someone's poor. Someone's rich and then they're poor. And it's a sad story and someone acts and they put their heart into it and people love it. But when you're just having a good time and having fun, people don't really like it. I think people mainly these athletes, I think they like to rest on the fact that no one respects me, and and then everyone's like, yeah, you're right. No one does respect them. It has nothing to do with it. The MVP race and all the criticism and everything else, it comes with the territory of the job that you have. You're going to get criticized. Mm -hmm. What you have, you have numbers, you have wins, you have impact, you have head-to-head matchups, you have all these things that you can do That could combat that argument, and that's all you need. You don't also need the media to then go out there and write stories about how, oh, Jason Tatum was always getting. He's talking about how he's always getting criticized. But if you look at him in his matchups against, you know, the Western Conference when he had their five-game road trip, he averaged like you don't need people to like have to go defend you. And I think a lot of players put the fans and the media and people who like them and people who don't like them, put them in this unnecessary battle royale to try to argue on their behalf versus just letting what they do on the court just speak and then letting the results speak. The trophy isn't the result. Everybody's numbers are crazy in the NBA. We can look at almost all these players and they all their numbers are the same. Are you hoisting the trophy at the end? Are you competing for trophies at the end? Is your team improving and wins? Uh, do your fans respect you do your coach respect you or your respected teammate like all of that stuff should matter more in lieu of what people on twitter think about you and i think sometimes people get into twitter and if you go to twitter you man, twitter is chaos like my daughter likes uh wreck it ralph and then the other one ralph breaks the internet and it was comedic i was watching watching a little ipad and i'm listening to like how the pop-ups are like, you know, personifying these little cartoon characters and like how they have the dark web and they have like, oh, you want to win money playing games. And it's like, it's just weird how this stuff just pops up. Twitter is really that with real people making these silly comments. And then you have professional athletes going on there saying, replying to it. It's like, why? Like, why do you need it? And I think that's why I think the MVP race has been about race because people went to Twitter as their starting point for the conversation and first is going to BasketballReference.com and get an actual numbers. They go to Twitter and see what the white guy from Wisconsin thinks about it versus the black dude from Philly versus the, the white guy from Boston or the, the, the white female reporter out of Portland, what she thinks is like all of that stuff isn't what all that stuff doesn't matter. Go to the numbers, break down the numbers and then say, okay, if I have a vote for MVP, who would I pick based off of these numbers? That's all that matters.
0: Yeah, and you know, and of course, for the purposes of this conversation, race, of course, being a double entendre, because I wanted to talk about the MVP race, but I wanted to also talk about how I feel race is in the background of the MVP race. So I don't think, so let me, let me throw a couple of disclaimers out there if people think that Embiid is the mvp it's not just because they might be black if you think jokic is the mvp it's not just white people that think that jokic is the M- i mean uh, yeah jokic is the mvp it's not a thing like that but you know we saw kendrick perkins and jj redick talk about the whole mv the dynamic of the mvp voters and how They're giving Jokic this extra credit that they don't give to black players, even though J.J. Reddick was able to say, you know, hey, since like 1990, you got like Steve Nash and Jokic. Like those are like your white MVPs. Like we're not trying to like people aren't trying to take over with the NBA.
1: like 72% black. Yeah. The coaches are black. GMs are black.
0: Referees are black. But where I think it is, is that we have these conversations and, you know, we're products of our environments and, you know, and our, a lot of our environment is places like Real Sports 365, shout out guys, love you, you know, and, you know, but we have, we have these conversations, we hear these things where people say things along the lines of like, why does Luca get a pass? Why is everybody so enamored with Luca's numbers when you didn't care about that when James Harden was doing the same thing? And initially, I, well, initially, I, my thought was like, I don't think people are doing that. But then when I thought about it, Harden's reputation is like, yo, he's the playoff choker. You know what I mean? But he's made at least two Western Conference finals that I could think of off the top of my head without putting much thought into it. You know, so when I look at Jokic, it's funny because everybody says, well, he's back to back MVP and he's never even made the finals. It's yeah, but it's even, a
1: regular season award. Right, right. Hold on. I'm getting the there.
0: Thing. I'm getting there. I think the but, narrative
1: but, is, like, shifting.
0: And that's exactly what it is. It's narrative. Because Jokic has made a Western Conference Finals where Embiid did not make a conference finals. So, you know, so from that standpoint, like, you can't even use that as your logic and your argument against Jokic because he, we've seen him make it further than Embiid has made it. So I think we're just caught up in this conundrum. Like I was, I brought up, you know, watching first takes before, and like, no matter the conversation, Mad Dog finds a way to bring Larry Bird into the conversation, even to the point of like, Larry Bird's a better shooter than Steph Curry, and it's like, yeah, you probably had that dream, you know, <laughs> but it's not based in reality, you know. So, so like, I, it just. Like I don't want race to be in the forefront of it, but it's there. We saw this with Angel and Caitlyn a couple of weeks ago. You know where, you know, a lot of people feel that there was a different reaction based on the race of the people involved for similar actions or whatever the case may be.
1: Other people yeah, tried Twitter to say Twitter thought that. That's what I'm saying. Like, like that no, there was, were people on reaction. TV saying it too. There yeah, people but those people on TV, people on TV well. went to Twitter. Keith Oberman, Dave Portnoy, <laughs> Marceau Sports, those guys went to Twitter. And if you go to Twitter, so when I pulled up my Twitter, it was literally like 30 articles in a row. I'm like, I'm not even following this stuff. I haven't shared any of this Angel Reese, Caitlin Clark stuff. This was before you and I even talked about it. I think people want things to be about race to ignore real things that are more important and regarding race. So we can talk about sports and race all the time but you talk about how they're banning black books in schools they're banning authors that are problematic like that's a real race thing is like you're banning right. books by black authors but we don't talk about that we talk about how yoke is from Syria. Well, this, this, is a a literary, this is not a literary this is not a literary podcast if they had this, ain't, this Reeves, ain't world literature with mike and Rath. listen i'm talking about not <laughs> us i'm talking about the proverbial sense of we. That's that's a race issue. If they had Austin Reeves as number one in the MVP, then I'm like, okay, this seems a little peculiar considering like he's not even the MVP of his team. But they literally have a guy who has for three years in a row put up great numbers at the top of the MVP race. Yoke, uh Giannis had the same thing. Giannis can make a better argument that he's MVP this year, and B can make a good one, but then at a certain point, once you get once you get all these people in here, you get all these top three or four guys. So you go, I'm going, not no particular order: Jokic Yo, and B, Tatum, Giannis. Those four, I think, that's the exclusive group based off the history of the MVP voting. Like those four guys are your guys that you would pull from. Anybody who votes for Sabonis or SGA or Damian Lillard is like, okay, you're just voting for them just to be different. The the, 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 war, the historical sense of the award, these four guys are it. Jokic came into the year pretty much number one because he's won it back-to-back. And he hasn't done anything to say, I should fall from number one. He played more games than Jokic. I mean, he played more games than B and Giannis. The record is pretty, pretty much the same. The win percentage is about the same. They're all about 70% of the wins of the games that they played for their team their numbers is 24 and a half points but he also they, he has 10 assists so that gets you 24 and a half 25 points right there plus anywhere between 20 and 30 more points off three point so you get you about 55 points and and honest the same thing it boils down to how do you think an mvp impacts a team so if you're looking at Jokic, like listen i don't think this team will be anywhere near 30 wins without Jokic, he is the engine of the team. Okay, he's my MVP. If you think Embiid's ability to score from 25 feet to the hoop and his ability to shoot 88-something percent from the free throw line, the way he puts the other team's defender in foul trouble and affects the game that way, like, I think that's MVP. Giannis, his energy, he plays 32 minutes. He's averaging essentially a point a minute, a rebound every – Two minutes is like, so if you think 31-12 with your five assists, I think he is the energy of that team, so he's my MVP. Or the fact that Jason Tatum played 74 games, and there are 52 and 22 in the games that he played. Like, if that's if that's your piece, like, listen, he's in a tougher conference with three top teams, and each one of those other two teams had an MVP candidate, and his team was his number two, and he's averaging. If these are all the reasons you have, then that's why you pick the guy. I don't think a voter is like, oh, you is just white I'm going to give him an edge. I don't think I don't think that's the the, the deciding factor, I think, because you have the numbers to support whatever your vote is. So you don't need to be like, oh, because he's white. I'm a vote him in. And I think this argument that people are just blindly saying, like, oh, it's white. It's 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 unfathomable argument on top of that. Like I said, it's fake outrage. If you ask any of these people two follow-up questions, give me something that supports why you think this is the case. Because people people knock Jokic for getting beat by Phoenix and getting kicked out of the last game of their playoff series. People get on him for not being uh long, having long runs in the playoffs, even though it's a regular season award. So it's not like he's absolved of any kind of criticism, he gets criticism. And B just gets on TV and gets a microphone in his front of his face and just dry snitches and whines every single time. Like I thought he was MVP, so I started paying more attention. <laughs> it's like, yo, dog, shut up. Like just play, just play basketball and talk about your team. Stop talking about dropping, you know, hints. How are you seven feet tall, playing small emotionally like that? Like, stop it. Go out there, ball out. You should have played in, if you were so concerned with the MVP, you should have played in Denver. There's no way they thought he was at such a health risk that he couldn't play in Denver, but he could play in Philly when they came back. Like, stop it. Like, don't piss my pocket and tell me it's raining.
0: Well, you know, I don't, like, I think that from the standpoint of, like I said, I think it's in the background. I don't think it's the determining factor or anything like that of why someone votes the way that they vote or why people want. A certain person to win an MVP, but I think when you have the conversations, there's a lot of undertone and innuendo, you know. And and when you have people that, that's why that's why I brought up Luca,
1: you know, the Luca Harden thing because they do but really good at basketball too. And that's the thing. You no, know, he's like, great at basketball. Yeah, yes, he's great at basketball. So people didn't criticize James Harden won an MVP. He plays no defense. Even the year he won MVP, we talked about he used to play the old late defense. So he was getting right. criticized all year for his but inability that's to not play defense. But that's and not something that we heard. But that's not something that we heard about. Yeah,
0: but that's more recent, like, as we've gotten to the end of the year. Because and Luka wasn't and in, in the MVP
1: conversations before. He's, well, he's, was he was in the yeah. good young world player conversation. So once you, once you get to a certain level, it's like, if you're, like, we use military tiers. Tier one is E1 through E4, airman, airman basic, airman, air Airmen first class, airman. If you're operating there, people will expect a certain thing out of you. You could right. be operating like, a you know, an NCO on certain days out of the week when your NCO is not there. But once you get promoted to E5, the expectation for you is now higher than what it was when you were a tier one, right. you know, in, in your first tier. Luca after years of playing I think the bubble uh playoff series against the Clippers where he just was dominating with the step back game winners when every year that's when that's when people started talking about how he looked coming in the season out of shape he probably did that every offseason where he he go back home or wherever he's going to do and he show up and then when he was tier when he was in that 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 low expectation tier no one talked about his weight but when people thrust him into this potential MVP conversation now when he comes back in October and he looks a little chunkier to oh he has to play himself into shape he probably always looked like that but we never had that conversation until he got thrusted into the MVP race I think what's happening with Jokic now is a product of a lot of guys like Mad Dog, Stephen A. Smith uh, a lot of these old reporters a lot of these old writers I think and uh, I saw a clip of DeMarcus Cousins he was like, he said, if Jokic wins three in a row, then that means you're ready to put him in a conversation with some of the greatest players of all time. And like, that would be the case if we operated under the same guys and the same rules as we did in the 80s and 90s, when a lot of, a lot of our the great players of basketball played Late 70s, 80s through 90s, a lot of your top 75 played then. Your Jordans, Pippins, Stockton's, Balloons, all these guys, Barclays. So when basketball hit his apex in the 80s and 90s, that's where a lot of your great players came from, Larry Bird. So now the narrative for how you vote for MVP just changed because for years, like last year, Devin Booker should have been higher up based off how they used to vote the way Derek Rose, when they went 60 and 22, he was the best young player on the team with the best record, MVP. Um, Shaq was the most dominant player of, of that run, MVP. Allen Iverson just was the best player, one of the most exciting players. If you looked at analytics then, it probably was somebody else. But now people are using analytics a little more. They're looking at stuff like points per 36 minutes, because a lot of these guys don't play more than 36 minutes. So they round a lot of numbers up, and it's, it's all crazy. But I think if Jokic doesn't win, it's because the writers don't want to put him in with Larry Bird. They don't want him to have something on Jordan. They don't want him to have a piece on Magic. Like, Magic didn't win three in a row. Larry Bird did. Jordan didn't win three in a row. I don't think Kareem won three in a row. You know, it, was one just, one it was just it was just Larry, one. it was
0: literally just Larry Bird and Wilt. And you know, those are the only two. And you know, so obviously, like that becomes a different conversation too, because there's obviously other players that we look at that probably could have won three in a row, like Jordan, like LeBron, so on and so forth, you know. But with that being said, like I think that part of the race conversation is people think that the analytics are used in a way to phase certain people out or to phase people out of positions, you know, so to speak. So then from that standpoint, if you look at just analytics, Jokic is hands down your MVP. It probably isn't even close, but we have eyes. We know what's going on during the season, so on and so forth. But I forgot to mention I, Dirk I also so. won the MVP. You know, yeah. within that, Dirk has also won the MVP. I forgot to mention him. Um, he won MVP through the window. So I don't think any of those guys that won MVP didn't necessarily – not that they didn't deserve it. Like, some people are going to argue that Steve Nash didn't deserve it just because I he will. beat out Kobe and Shaq to get it. But, you know, but, like, when we're looking at the whole – he was the conductor of that team, and unless you think the MVP – Comes with averaging a certain amount of points, then I can see Steve Nash being an MVP. And I, and I, cause I told you a couple of years ago, I thought Chris Paul should have been MVP when he was in OKC. But then I got the pushback of, hey, he was only averaging like 19 points. So you can't be an MVP if you average 19 points. But Steve Nash did it. And it you know, so then it goes back to what MB was saying. When it comes to certain people, we turn our head and look away from that. But you know, when it comes to other people, we have these like nondescript, biased rules that you have to win MVP this way. So, so you know, even without him saying Jokic's name, we knew who he was talking about, and I feel that he was playing on certain sensibilities by saying what he said. So I'm not, like I said, I'm not saying that race is in the forefront. I'm not saying that anybody is racist. I'm not saying that anybody is using race exclusively as their reasoning. But I don't think that I can just fully say it's not there at all. Or even if it's even even if you're even if like we talked about boxing, you know what I mean? Like but boxing deliberately
1: you, does it. Like boxing is not even subtle. Like when you, the great the movie the great white hype was all right about that, and that's but what people see. Box, but that's disgusting. what people see when but that's they see not Jokic subtle. and
0: when they see Steve Nash and so on and so forth.
1: That's but what yeah. people see. Okay, I give you the Steve Nash argument is probably the biggest MVP argument simply because it was the height of a couple of guys' careers that were markedly head and shoulders better than Steve Nash and Kobe. Kobe, yet, yeah, year I think LeBron averaged like 31 and a half points for Cleveland, so it's like, all right, I get that. Steve Nash is the engine of this team that's exciting because they 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 trans they were transitioning the league into this new wave of just trying to score in less than seven seconds. Very similar to Steph when he only averaged like 23.2 points a year, he won MVP, but it was a transition to shooting transition threes on a regular basis, not just like that's the shot we want. We want to shoot transition threes. So, so like, it was line. it ushered in like a new era. I think so, so what, what bottom line Steve Nash that's probably like oh, Steve Nash's only argument but I think you can make the argument that they were trying to make it seem as if Phoenix Suns and Dan Tony were going to be this new thing and he was the 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 usher of this new thing and when it didn't work they stopped voting that way it's like ah, this is this is ineffective so, that's so, a ago, so a couple of weeks ago
0: so a couple of weeks ago and was your MVP who's your MVP today right now Giannis I hate when you do that. You were supposed to say Giannis. I mean, you were supposed to say Jokic because I was going to say Giannis, yeah,
1: but you know, I'm the uh, Giannis. Like, but that's the <laughs> thing. Based on how I think, because I thought Embiid was going to, because I thought Embiid was going like, you know what? He he had the one, he had the matchup. But then when every since he's had that game, I've been hearing more and more just shots. Just little, like this little Hansel and Gretel breadcrumbs. Yeah,
0: because I brought it up. I brought it up and wanted to get it off my chest because Jokic was killing them with kindness.
1: Yeah, it's like why? Like it's either you care about it or you don't. And if you do care about it, just play. That's all you got to do. All you have to do is why, play. Why doesn't it be criticize do? Giannis? Because Giannis be because spanks them. Because <laughs> Giannis be going there and put forty five and twelve on them. You know he don't want to give Giannis any bulletin board material. No, because because what I, do, when I because I listen Giannis to this, gonna, like Giannis can put him out of the playoffs. Because Embiid thinks finals. that Jokic,
0: because MB thinks that Jokic is his only competition. Apparently, you know, and the way that the converse, MVP conversation is highlighted, it's basically Embiid against Jokic.
1: Yeah, because that's that's what they that's that was the entertaining. Yes, can you be using the the narrative of the Great White Height? And it's like, oh, nobody gives a shit about that. Like, like realistically, (laughs) I do not care that Jokic is from Serbia. I don't care if he was from Ohio. Is he playing better basketball than Embiid? And is either one of them playing better basketball than Giannis? And realistically, you got Tatum in the games that he played they won 70% of those games. Yeah, because remember, originally... His numbers, are, his numbers are on par with them, too, so it was like... Well, but remember, I was the one beating the Tatum drum. If it was Tatum, Giannis, and then Jokic and B were 3-4 in October, then right now it would be Giannis, Tatum. But it yeah, started out I remember, Jokic, I was MB. the one that
0: was beating the Tatum drum when we had the MVP conversation, but Boston obviously had some slippage at the end of the season, so not because their records suffered or anything like that, but I just felt that their slips were – and this is just me, you know, their slips were too late in the season. Like, you know, just like we talked about, um, you know, when you when you have great players like this and you're trying to figure out who's the best or who's the most valuable, you start racking and stacking and all these little things that probably didn't matter matter now. So, like, my knock on Embiid was – Look at how many games he's missed, you know. But then he turned around and missed the game at Denver, like you mentioned. And I was like, "Yo, this was your chance to nail it shut right then and there, because you would have left a memory imprinted on our minds." Because and he all wouldn't this have
1: this. to say anything. He yeah, wouldn't have all to this talk. is narrative based. Actions would have been proof. Like, yo, right? Look and what this is narrative
0: based. You know what I mean? The MVP is narrative based. To where's with Jokic, towards the end of the season. They lost to Houston. He started sitting out games. So he still didn't sit out as many games as Embiid sat out, but he just started sitting out games at the end of the year where it was going well, to be most, fresh in people's minds. You yeah, know, before. In, in uh,
1: most of those situations, when you have that kind of lead in your division, you probably would have. You know, like that's not I abnormal. Do,
0: I, I do think that the fans make a bigger deal out of it than the media does or then i guess pundits do you know um i do think there is a segment of people that feel that white people have been sitting around waiting for like the great, as you white said, the great white hope to come yeah to, to come through and you know now that they have one you know like there's a certain what's the word implicit bias that is not necessarily something that you sit around and be like I want this white guy to win, you know, but at the same time, like there's a certain resonation that goes on, you know, where like, you you know, like it's somebody that looks like you, like the Mad Dog Larry Bird thing. Like that's who you hit your wagon to because he's one of the few. And, and as far as you brought up Austin Reeves, you know, Austin Reeves ain't getting MVP talk, but people are like flat out. Like, yo, Austin Reeves is the next big thing. He's got a little bit of insanity going on right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, uh, if we think about HBCU, yeah, HBCUs, the, the 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 drum major is normally a black dude, well, a lot of flair, you know what I mean, doing a all of that. Well, I saw a video of a white guy doing it, and he was killing it. And it looks like you talk about it more, and it just like it comes to the forefront because it's not normally a white guy in that position, so that doesn't mean people want all these guys to be right, or for him to just to, you know, be the lead in that university's position. But it's like, all right, well, this is, this is different. I know it seems it's as joking. if race is like always at the forefront. I don't think, I think a lot of pundits, especially black pundits, shout out, you can go ahead and clip this and put this as a reel. I think y'all need to stop. I don't know. This might be my get off my chest. Cause I'm about to roll into it. Cause I like, I, matter of fact it is i'm sick of it hey and hold it. up
0: real quick though is, is, is jokic invited to the cookout
1: no i don't even like that freeze <laughs> i the don't like it either so that. much i cringe every time i so hear much. it <laughs> it's like come on it's 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 just it's just such especially candy. especially the one
0: where the white dude when the white dude was doing the little girl's hair you know
1: like <laughs> oh, god don't let don't let a white guy hit the gritty and all of a sudden oh he's invited to a barbecue. Shut up. It's just pandering. It's just like we just constantly just pander right. to, to this episode of race. So like get off my chest, man. Like I, I like the like I'm not controversial, but I'm just I mean, maybe I'm just one-sided, but I'm just I'm so sick of hearing about it. everybody just complaining about this. Real race problems exist in our country some in sports the hiring of black coaches a lot of it, a lot of it does exist i'm not i'm not going to deny that the problem is when pundits black pundits who have platforms use their platform to bring up race in a topic that where race isn't the prominent piece and then they over they oversell it and it's overhyped and real racial problems get ignored you know so like right. With Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese, that was a real implicit bias deliberately across platforms that needed to be addressed. As we just mm-hmm. talked about the MVP, MVP is not one of them. It's not people aren't giving it to Jokic because he's white. First of all, he's not an American white guy. I don't know if you know about this, but Americans don't travel. If you had any <laughs> of these people and say point out Serbia on the map, pile at me. They wouldn't be able to find it. Yeah. Like let's let's keep it on. Let's keep it a stack. They probably think Serbia and Sweden are the same place. So let's, let's, let's be realistic. So with that being said, it doesn't have, just because there is a white person involved and a black person involved and we are discussing each person, it doesn't have to always go to, oh, because this guy's white, he's getting a pass. It's not all about this tiny confirmation bias, this tiny tunnel vision that you have as far as your argument. If you need a good argument, get good facts, improve your argument. Don't try to derail your argument by saying it's about race. The Kendrick Perkins thing, we'll talk about that. He picked 1990 like we haven't had all black MVPs essentially from 1990 other than a couple of guys. And he brought up a <laughs> couple of like little talking points. And it's the same thing that someone would use to try to justify a white guy. But so you're doing the same thing and getting mad about it. It's like, no, stop making everything about race to the point where when we do have a real conversation about race, it gets gets swept under the rug because it's like the little boy cry wolf. Mm -hmm. Stop crying wolf all the time when it's a black person involved, a white person involved. Yes. Is there gonna be some situations where being black may be to your detriment? Yes is going to be sometimes in public eyes and sports where a white guy is going to get the benefit of the doubt yes it's going to happen but you can't use it every single time without any true concrete just analysis of the situation not necessarily just proof but just like realistic analysis of it that says okay this is why i feel this way this is this is the conversation this is a statement made by the owner the owner came out and said You know, I just really feel comfortable with people who look like me. Okay, if you get if you have that information, but if they say we're going to give everybody a chance and you don't feel like he gave the other guy enough of a chance, that doesn't make it racist. So stop always using that, because what you do is you, you overshadow real problems. Like I said, the black writers are being banned in schools, the way they're rewriting how Rosa Parks and the. The, the bus demonstration, the civil rights movement, they don't—they took out the fact that she was not allowed to sit there. They was like, oh, she just didn't give up her seat. Like, that's what, that's the verbiage in some of these textbooks that are being, you know, sold in places like Florida and Mississippi and Georgia and stuff like that. Like, those are real race issues, not the Serbian dude who's damn near averaging a triple double in a basketball game against a guy who's averaging pretty much a few more points and playing the same amount of games. Is like, What do you like more? That's it. These writers aren't like, hey, I'm going to carry this Serbian flag and keep voting Jokic in for MVP. Like, it's obnoxious. Cut it out. You want to talk about race, talk about real issues, because they're just as prominent and just as loud as actual tangible issues, and you're trying to make the sports one for this MVP just as loud it's not. So cut it out.
0: Well said. Well said. (laughs) you know it it is funny though because you know even like you know people do that with lamar jackson now where they're like you know if he was a white quarterback they would pay him you know it's like nah cleveland just messed that up for everybody like you know so like, like like no matter what happens with lamar you know right now like next year joe burrow gonna come up there and if he want that money that lamar want they're gonna tell him the same thing
1: you know so yeah no. If they go out there and give Zach Wilson 230 million dollars guaranteed, then you now you got I a might, problem. Now we got a conversation we yeah. have. And if yeah. Justin Herbert gets 231 and Joe Burrow gets 232, and McDonald gets 150 guaranteed, okay, yeah, howl at me. But
0: well, that's what I told one of the guys, like you know, that I was talking to. I said, if Jogic wins the MVP and then DeMontes, the bonus finished second, then we can have a conversation. <laughs> You and know, he like,
1: gets 10 votes to yeah. yeah, yeah
0: but 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 I do think I do think it's in the background, you know, but it's more so amongst fans, you know, more than it is like any narratives that are being pushed out there. But with that being said, get it off my chest. You ready? Oh, happy day. Daniel Snyder has agreed to sell the team. It is not <laughs> official yet. It is not official yet. But, you know, the Josh Harris group, which includes Irvin Magic Johnson, apparently there's an agreement in principle to sell the team finally. Dude, I feel like a black cloud, not racial, a black cloud has been lifted off of me. Like, I feel like as a Washington fan that actually, you know, tell people that I'm a Washington fan and I mean it. You know, this is a day that I've been waiting for since the day I graduated high school and all that when he actually bought the team and I didn't want him in the first place, you know, all the stuff we talked about a week or two ago on sports reports is order of all the vile, sick, heinous things that this dude has done and got away with. It is over. You know, maybe the football gods will finally smile upon us. You know, he even messed it up for Virginia because they were supposed to get the football team. And you know, they were like, nah, never mind. So, I mean, this dude has screwed over everybody except for Albert Hainsworth. He didn't screw him over, he gave him seven years, 100 million with 41 guaranteed. He gave the football player artist formerly known as Dion Sanders a seven year deal where Dion retired after the first season. This is what this guy does. The game will be better without him, not just Washington the league itself will be better without him. America will be better without him in such a prominent position because now we're getting rid of a woman abuser, you know, a sexual harasser. We're getting rid of a guy who got too much money for his own good. And now somebody else can take the mantle of a once proud franchise and try to restore them to the position that they belong in or that they were in at the very least, even if you don't feel like they belong there. So Daniel Snyder, I will not thank you for your years of service. But on your way out, please, I beg you, let the door hit you in the ass one good time. You know said let the Let the door split you where the good Lord split you. Just go into hiding like Donald Sterling, never to be heard from again. Enjoy your billions on whatever beach you're going to go to. Sexy. Stay away from the sports world. So that's what I wanted to get off my chest is happy trails, Daniel Snyder. Get your ass. You ain't got to go home, but you got to get out of here. Get
1: out of here.
0: That's right. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you sports reports is ordered appreciate your viewership your downloads like us subscribe review us how much it costs raf it's free free 99. it is free leave us some reviews leave us some comments you know saying we always waiting to engage with you all you know send us topics send us feedback send us thoughts you know, and then we'll continue to give you the content.
1: Another successful episode, like you said. I want to thank all the fans that we have. Everybody keeps subscribing, everyone who is just avid supporters of the show like I said you can follow us on twitter you see our twitter handles here uh we're gonna get you twitter mike wilson aka two five is at two bit reports instagram ml dub two five. you get me on twitter fear my wrath instagram at sports reports is ordered you know you can find us yep. anywhere listen any topic you guys want to discuss nothing's off limits We've uh, we've circled the, the sports globe, and we're, we're trying to find anything. We talked about the XFL, MLS. We talked about selling teams, buying teams, contracts. You know, any anything that's going on in sports. We want to have that conversation? Good articulated conversations. Uh, so and just, you again, didn't have to search. To support.
0: And you didn't have to search through the city of Pittsburgh to find Pittsburgh Pirate Appreciation Day. You ain't got to live in Jersey.
1: City to get Check Daniel it out.
0: Jones appreciation Daniel.
1: If, you, if, if you're you know a football saying, fan and the Steelers are playing your team let's say hey that's a good it's a trip Like, it's not that you know what Raph told me earlier course. y'all
0: I was talking about Jason Tatum and all this kind of stuff and he said I thought you liked Jason Tatum I said I do like Jason Tatum I just gotta tell the truth
1: shout out to Boston Boston's a dope city too listen don't bleed a hype man don't bleed a hype Go no see comment. It. black people. You go to go to Boston. I, mean, I had a great no time. comment. Great time, man. Don't bleed the hype. Don't you know, what saying hype. shout
0: out. Speaking of Boston, shout out to New Edition. You know, I'm saying shout out to my guy Nameless, Nameless. You know, what I'm saying my guy from the Air Force turned rapper. Check him out on iTunes. You know, let's be honest. Best song going right now. Look up his song Tabernacle. Second best song going right now.
1: Yes. <laughs> Let's Thank go. You Like I said,
0: Sports Reports is ordered.
1: We out, America.
0: Love you. Peace.